here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. I'm not whining, but I've been fighting the flu. This is day two. You noticed a little bit yesterday, but we muscle through, and we will. Who is it that has built this massive Leviathan, this big government? Of course, the Republicans have, too, but who really is invested in this? The Democrats, right? The left, right? And yet they're the ones who keep threatening to shut down the government and blame the president of the United States. Now, folks, here's the deal. The elections are over. There aren't new elections for two years or so. Every time the government is shut down under a Republican president or with the leadership of Republicans in Congress, we gain seats. Again, who is it that's invested in this massive bureaucracy? Department, agency, programs, units, divisions, regulations. Supposedly, the Democrats. The left. I want to give some advice to the president and his staff over the airwaves here. It's time for a very thoughtful, compelling address to the nation. An address to the nation, 20 or 30 minutes in length. In which you, Mr. President, you take the high road and allow the media to keep biting at your heels like chihuahuas. And explain to the American people that the Democrats simply will not help you secure the border. That the Democrats simply will not help you prevent illegal aliens from pouring into the country, many of whom are violent criminals. And that you have a responsibility as the commander-in-chief to protect this nation. And because the Democrats don't take their equal responsibility of funding this uh, as seriously as you do, that this is the only way that you have as a constitutional matter to force the issue. And you can cite past presidents, particularly past Republican presidents. You're dealing with a rogue Democrat party that is prepared to tear down this country in order to empower itself. You're dealing with a rogue media that roots against you every step of the way and even goes with phony stories, and we'll get into that in a minute. And you can explain, as Byron York has done in his column today, that in 2006, the House and the Senate voted for a law to provide... Fencing, two layers of deep, long fencing, 700 miles of the border. It's specified areas in California, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. And the overwhelming number of Democrats at the time voted for it. 283 votes in the House, 80 in the Senate, including, as York points out, Schumer, Ron Wyden. Dianne Feinstein, and a whole bunch of leftists in the Senate in the House in order to get to that number. Sherrod Brown, another example. And then in 2007, when the Democrats took control of Congress, they just defunded it all. 
The president can make the case. And it's not only the right thing to do, it's the politically right thing to do. As a matter of fact, not just when it comes to the wall, he and the Republicans sort of flood the appropriations field with their priorities. Their priorities. Supporting the United States military. And so forth. And be prepared for a shutdown of two, three, four weeks. You know, even members of the Freedom Caucus say, you can't do that, you can't say shutdown. This is the only tool we have. It is the only tool we have. And when the president gives this speech, I wish he would, he should also have a chart or two showing the massive accumulated debt. That's over $21 trillion. And the unfunded liabilities that are now at about $260 trillion. Because if he doesn't do this, nobody's going to do it. The media are in the back pocket of the Democrats. The Democrats want to drive down the society in order to remake it into some kind of a uh, radical egalitarian paradise, which, of course, is, uh, is hell. And Mitch McConnell only cares about getting through one budget year after another with massive new spending. We've had unbelievable spending. With the Republicans controlling Congress and the White House. Mitch McConnell keeps undermining this presidency by sending the President of the United States these horrific spending and borrowing bills. And yet, our priorities, which are national security and law enforcement and so forth, they're not the priorities. I'm trying to do the best I can here. We're working with the Democrats. Don't work with them anymore. Show them strength. Show them strength. I don't know any other way around this. The president apparently said, it's in a new book, that basically he's a a superior president to Ronald Reagan. Okay, let's prove it. Prove it. Do what Ronald Reagan did six times. And won by massive landslides, popular elections, and the Electoral College. Go ahead and do it. Prove it. I've got no problem with that. The American people will support the president on this if it is well articulated and well considered. Don't shoot from the hip. I might have a partial shutdown of the government. Be very, very strategic. Be strategic and on message. You call McConnell in. You call Paul Ryan in. You say, look, this is a lame duck Congress. And now's the time to get these things done. Because when the Democrats take over the House, they're only interested in a coup. That's all they care about. Open borders, massive spending, and a coup. And we still have time to act. We still have time to act, and we should. I don't know why we fear this so often. The politics show that it doesn't hurt us. And as I said, there's not an election for two years. Now, of course, the media will attack the president and the Republicans. What do you expect? What do you expect? It's a progressive media. It's an ideologically driven media. We know this. And by the way, as a footnote, there's all kinds of things going on and being planned to use modern technologies to compete with the ideologically progressive media. 
And I suspect in 10 or 20 years, no offense, but cable TV will be on its back. I'm not attacking, obviously, uh, Fox. I'm just saying as, a, as an industry matter. As an industry matter. You know ESPN lost, what was it, Mr. Producer? A million or two million subscribers in a year? This past year? It was enormous. It's enormous. So there is some hope in that regard. You don't have to put up with Jim Acosta for the rest of your life. But this is what I think needs to be done. We need to flood the field. We need to go on offense. The president has the ability to speak to the American people in a well-crafted, very thoughtful, strategic speech about our priorities, the priorities of the American people, including the wall or a double fence or whatever is necessary to protect the American people. The people see an invasion. The people know that scores of these individuals are criminals. The people know that 80 to 90 percent of them are military-age men. And no nation wants to put up with that, even if the Democrat Party does. In fact, something I found very, very interesting here, if I can pull it up, which of course I can't right now because the computer's dead. But over at the Daily Caller, there was a poll done in Mexico. And seven out of ten Mexicans are really opposed to this invasion or this caravan that came through Mexico and seeks to come into the United States. Seven out of ten. Now, you're not going to hear that on MSNBC. Instead, they bring a, a race-baiting professor on there on a regular basis by the name of Michael Eric Dyson and others who claim that whatever Trump does to try and secure the border, number one, he caused it. Number two, he, uh, he's a racist. Number three, he's violating the law. And I'll tell you another little secret. Any one of these cable channels, any one of these network channels, can bring in any professor or any lawyer or any former federal prosecutor to say whatever they want, because they already know what they believe. And so many, many of these individuals, many, many of these individuals are chosen because they know in advance what their ideology is and the message they're going to push. Why do you think Jeffrey Tubin is a legal analyst, quote-unquote, on CNN forevermore? Because he's a left-wing hack, that's why. And you can see it throughout television. Now, I mentioned this fella, Michael Eric Dyson. He deserves more attention. Not because... He's a good man, not because he's a smart man, but because of the opposite, in my humble opinion. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want you to listen to this guy, Michael Eric Dyson. He's on MSNBC often. He may even be a contributor. I don't know. He's a professor. And you wonder why so many kids in this country are screwed up when they get out of college? You have massive student loans, massive debt. And this, in part, is what they're learning. Hat tip daily caller. Here he is on MSNBC today. Cut 14, go. 
White people are paid something different, not just emolument, not just money at the workplace. They are paid a psychological wage. What is the psychological wage? At least you're not a black person. At least you're not an N-word. When white people are able to overcome the racism that has been passed on to them like heritage, they will then be able to forge connections with black and brown and, and poor white people together to really have a different sense of destiny in Mississippi. Poor schooling uh, is something that is African-American and poor white people. So if we can address the issues, the poor environment, the economic downturn, uh -huh. the, the lack of flourishing that they experience even in the physical geography, the point is if they can join together with other people who have similar economic interests and overcome the racial divide, the, the state itself will flourish in a way that will not be possible if they maintain the racial hostility that is there now. Just, just listen to this pablum, this absolute pablum. Absolute disgusting bigotry and race baiting and this guy is on msnbc all the time all the time the way he talks about quote-unquote white people white people cut 15 go and in Mississippi, with the history, the ghosts of Mississippi, the blood of Mississippi from its rivers where Emmett Till died, where Megger Evers died, where those three civil rights workers, two Jews and a black person died, yep. we have to come to grips with it in 2018. And the only way to do that is to take a harder look at what we've been able to do and not able to do and then put, you know, roll up our sleeves, so to, so to speak, and work together. Cindy Hyde-Smith is a racist, a white nationalist, a white supremacist. All right, so here you have... A woman running for the Senate in Mississippi, a former Democrat, she's considered a moderate. She's considered a rhino. Now he says she's a racist, a white nationalist, and a white supremacist. And MSNBC keeps inviting this guy back. They think it's great. Then they'll talk about the tone of the debate in the country. Does Trump talk this way? No. Who talks this way? Maybe Farrakhan? Go ahead. The shame that white Mississippians would exonerate her in advance and excuse her for the intimidating uh, hatred that she expresses. And God forbid that she would therefore be elected to go to the Senate of the United States to do more damage to Mississippians and America in general. What a rambling buffoon. A rambling talking point. That's what he is. Every conceivable knee-jerk leftist, race-based argument. There it is. And he, and he pulls them all together, one sentence after another. What would he have us do, ladies and gentlemen? I'll tell you what he'd have you do. All of you. He would decide who should get what and who gives up what. This capitalist system is always under attack, whether it's climate change or whether it's Racism. It's an amazing thing to me. An amazing thing to me. This is why I had Shelby Steele on a few months ago. Because this guy, he's on TV all the time. Shelby Steele isn't. Shelby Steele's ten times smarter than this guy. But he's a very even-tempered, smart, true historian who talks about the need for people to embrace freedom as individuals. Stop with the group think and the group identity. 
You don't have to give up your ancestry. Of course not. Nobody does. But you need to begin thinking about yourself as an individual, a free individual, an individual who can take advantage in a free society. This guy's a professor. He's never created anything. He's never built a damn thing. He's never produced a damn thing. He's full of abstractions. He's an abstraction. So why is it that MSNBC doesn't put individuals on MSNBC who are successful? Minorities who have who've built huge businesses. Minorities who have all kinds of employees working for them of all races. Minorities who've invented such tremendous things important to society. Where are those people? There are many of them out there. But it doesn't serve the media's purpose. And I am telling you that the media today is the worst it's ever been. Ever been. And it is almost uniform in its belief system. And in the aggregate, they want this president to fail. And let me even go further. They want this country to fail. They are advancing an ideology. And in order for that ideology, progressivism, to take hold in this country, you must destroy constitutionalism, capitalism, individualism. And these, among other isms, go to the heart of liberty. This is not new what this man is saying. It's quite old and it's quite dangerous. And he gets a big voice on MSNBC all the time. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. The only constitutional lawyer you can see today for free. No appointment necessary. Just call him at 877-381-3811. Think of it this way. Have you ever heard one of these outrageous professors attack Bernie Sanders as a racist? No. Bernie Sanders lives in Vermont, which is one of the most homogeneous states that I'm aware of, isn't it, Mr. Producer? And um, he hasn't done anything particularly profound for the African-American community or minorities generally. But they won't attack him because he's a Marxist socialist. And that's where this guy Dyson's really coming from. Unless you agree that the foundational principles upon which this nation was built are corrupt, are tainted by the men who created it, 
then you are a racist, a white racist, and you believe in white privilege. Case closed. Case closed. You want to secure the border. You want to make sure people coming here do so legally, follow the immigration laws. That's because you're opposed to brown people from south of the border. So you're ipso facto, you're a racist. You believe in a merit-based society where everybody should be treated the same, colorblind, as Martin Luther King would put it. No advantage to anybody. Free individuals competing against free individuals. Then you're a racist. Unless you embrace the hardcore, radical, Marxist, socialist agenda, you're racist. Now, while they'll never condemn Bernie Sanders, I'm starting to see more and more of them condemn Abraham Lincoln. I know. It's amazing. I saw a guest on one of the Fox shows, really in passing. Seemed like a very nice young lady, African-American lady, and she said, yes, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, Abraham Lincoln led the Civil War and so forth, but he didn't think blacks should be able to vote. Now, I thought to myself, Abraham Lincoln did more, more than any human being on the face of the earth that I'm aware of to end slavery. These pundits haven't done anything. They haven't done anything. Over 700,000 casualties in the Civil War. These pundits have done nothing, nothing. They have no sense of reality that is history, real history. No sense of real history. And if you want to talk about nations and continents where slavery is still practiced, why isn't that a subject that's brought up time and time again? Because it occurs, you know, in the Middle East. It occurs in China. It occurs in parts of Africa. Probably part of our hemisphere, too. But it doesn't occur in the United States. It does not occur in the United States. And as I've said to you many times before, it really is a, an odd thing. That on the one hand, quote-unquote, people of color, I hate these terminologies, but you have to use them in order to, to address what, what's being said today. People of color are flooding into the United States. But on the other hand, Dyson says, why would they flood in here? Got white nationalists and white supremacists, and we haven't come to grips yet with our history, and on and on and on. So why do these people flood into the United States? A million a year illegally. A million a year legally. Why would they do that? From all over the world. Virtually every country. Every continent. Why would they come to such a country? On the one hand, they argue, open borders. We need to help these people. On the other hand, they argue, we are a sick society, a racist society. Because, ladies and gentlemen, they're fools. And they're in charge. They're in charge of our classrooms. They're in charge of our entertainment. They're in charge of our media. And they're in charge of most aspects of a federal government. And not only that, many of them are judges. Many of them are judges. And many of these judges have joined the opposition against Trump in their preposterous rulings. 
when it comes to immigration. You know, Mr. Producer and I have something that we both wholeheartedly agree on. And no, it's not something political. It's how much we both love our different versions of the exterior. Talk about how different your heights and body types are, and yet how well the exterior conforms to each of you to provide same unbelievable level of support and comfort. You know, and uh, how you feel physically better, less pain, more energy, better focus, more productivity. You know, the holidays are just around the corner, and an exterior makes the perfect gift for a hardworking spouse or employee. And don't be afraid to reward yourself with your own X-Chair because you've earned it. X-Chair is introducing two new colors for the holidays, red and white. And both are stunning. Go to XChairLevin.com, XChairLevin.com right now and you can go see them. If you prefer one of those new standing desks, well, X-Chair has its own version called the X-Flextop Sit-Stand Desk. And you can check it out at XChairLevin.com as well. Exterior is on sale now for $100 off. So go to xchairlevin.com, that's xchairlevin.com, or call 1-844-4-X-Chair. 1-844-4-X-Chair. Exterior comes with a 30-day no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Go to xchairlevin.com, I can't say it enough, and use code LEVINFOOTREST and you'll get a free footrest. And I know you'll enjoy it. And I hope you do. You should really check it out. And the tone and the propaganda on some of these cable channels is really way, way over the top. Way, way over the top. It's a fellow by the name of Representative Joaquin Castro. He's a lightweight, but he comes out of Texas and, you know, they... They keep saying he's presidential material. I mean, everybody who, uh, who's out there is presidential material as far as the Democrats are concerned. And Obama showed the whole world how somebody with no substance, with a hard left ideology, minimal experience to become president of the United States. And speaking of MSLSD, here's what he said last night. Hat tip, Breitbart, cut 10, go. Well, like a lot of Americans, I was horrified to see Women and children, these are folk, babies in diapers. Right, stop folk. with the word folk. These are folk. Babies in diapers, barefoot, being gassed. Go ahead. And I think Americans were horrified at the idea of agents of the United States government making a decision to use tear gas on kids that are two or three years old. I am sick and tired of demagogues like this lying about who we are. Lying about the Border Patrol, lying about law enforcement, lying about the American military, lying about the American people. We are the finest people on the face of the earth. Bar none. Bar none. We have men and women in Afghanistan. You think they're on vacation? In Syria, in Iraq. Not this jerk. Not this jerk. He's not guarding the border. He's not even guarding a 7-Eleven. Just another hack. These leftists are tearing our country down. They are unpatriotic. They are un-American. That's who they are. Our Border Patrol is not gassing two- and three-year-olds and kids in, in diapers. They're trying to push back a horde, a mob. They would do the same thing in the United States should such an occasion be called for. 
So fa- first we get the racism. And you know what? You're all racist and you can never wash it off. That's the way it is, according to the left. Moreover, you're not allowed to secure your border. And the Border Patrol is not even allowed to protect itself. They undermine the cops. They want to take your Second Amendment away. What the hell kind of society would this be? Who the hell are these fools? And yet people elect them and elect them and elect them. You've got the hard left in this country. You've got kids coming out of colleges and universities, not all but too damn many, who are brainwashed to hate their own country. I've never seen anything like this in my life. The most fantastic country on the face of the earth, a thoroughly diverse country, a free country, where people can go into any supermarket in this country and and purchase virtually anything, anytime. Where the vast majority of homes have automobiles and TVs and all the rest. Such a horrible country this is. Look around the world. You want to see horrible countries? You want to see racism? You want to see racism, professor? You want to see racism, Mr. Castro? Those people running south of the border towards us. You told us they're leaving. They're running because they fear for their lives. Nobody's running from the United States to south of the border because they fear for their lives. These are lies, and they are repeated, and they are constant. And these people are invited on MSNBC, and they're invited on CNN. They pick the lowest of the low to make the most outrageous statements about the American people. And you want to know why? Not only are they progressive ideologues, who literally despise this country, which is why they want to fundamentally transform it. But because CNN and MSNBC have figured out, they don't need a big audience. They go after a niche audience. They're going after the radical left audience. They fight over the same audience. And the more absurd and radical and extreme they can be, the better. The better. These things that they say about you and me and all of our fellow citizens, these things that they say about our institutions, these things that they say about our history. Do you think Professor Dyson could say these things virtually anywhere else in the world? No. A tenured professor, easy life. He's on easy street. And then Bernie Sanders. This is the mix. You got the hardcore leftist, Old commie. Cut 11, go. And what that book is about is what I and other progressives have been doing over the last two years to bring people together, not only in opposition to Trump, but to create an agenda that makes sense. The farmers in Iowa and in Nebraska, where we are coming what together. What does Bernie Sanders know about farmers in Iowa and Nebraska? He spent his entire life in New York City and Vermont and Moscow. Go ahead. Round ideas that work for all of us. What does that mean? We're the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people. Let's stop. We guarantee health care to all people. It's a matter of federal law. He's a liar. But on the hard left, they must lie. And what he also means by that is all the chumps out there who are prepared to what? Surrender their own health care that they pay for and work for and they've chosen? And you have fewer and fewer choices, don't you? There's fewer and fewer, there's less and less competition. 
as a result of government. Go ahead. Shows the American people want a Medicare for all single payer system. A Medicare single payer system. Is that what you folks want? Who's going to be in charge of that? What geniuses are going to run that? People at the VA? People at the Agriculture Department? People at the Interior Department? They can't even control our forests. They won't even control the border. And yet they say, we're going to control the air and the water. We're going to control the sun and the heat. And now we want to control all of your health care. It's not enough that they got Obamacare. They want it all. And they'll never stop. That's the point. They can't stop because they always have ideas. And when you're unmoored from a constitution that limits the power of these politicians, the ideas just go on and on and on. And when actual human beings get into the way, they roll them. They roll them. Right, China? Right, Russia? Right, Iran? Right, Cuba? Right, Venezuela? Right, California? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The left loves government, but hates the country. Let me repeat that. The left loves government, but hates the country. Because through government... They can use the power of the state to redistribute wealth, to try and change human nature, to do all that they wish to do. Why, you might ask. Why? Because they assume they'll be in charge. That's why. Why anywhere in the world? It is truly a a sick mentality. When you have the finest country on the face of the earth, the freest country on the face of the earth, the most prosperous country on the face of the earth, and you keep trying to destroy it by copying failed societies, failed economic models, and um, rather than unite the country, repeatedly try and turn individual against individual. I wrote about this, the first chapter of Ameritopia. Those of you who have it, just pull it out. This is how the left gets power and keeps power. They create jealousies. They create hatreds. In the end, there's no solution, even though they come up with, you know, health care for all. The only country in the world that doesn't have health care in the world. Right. Which is why all these other people in all these other countries come here. I don't believe that Bernie Sanders goes to Britain for uh, dental work. Do you? Although I looked at him, maybe he does. You know, when they're getting colder, the struggle to get out of bed is real. Especially if you have the flu, by the way. And Casper makes it so tempting to stay cozy under the covers. It's the most comfortable mattress you'll ever sleep on. It's a high-quality mattress at an affordable price, and you'll sleep comfortably, and you'll never wake up overheated, thanks to the unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and alignment. Casper ships right to your door for free in a small, how did they do that size box? They'll even pick it up if you don't love it and refund you everything. From its engineering to its packaging to letting you try it for 100 nights, it's no wonder Casper has over 35,000 five-star reviews of all their products across Casper, Google, and Amazon. Now's the perfect time to give Casper a try yourself or to gift Casper to someone you care about. Looking for the Cyber Monday deal? How about the Cyber Tuesday deal? 
Head to Casper.com, save 10% on your entire order with any Casper mattress. That's Casper.com, terms and conditions apply. Now, I know we're very upset about the way Twitter and Google and these other massive uh, platforms censor free speech of conservatives. Much the way CNN does, much the way MSNBC does, much the way the Washington Compost and New York Slimes and all the rest of them do. But I'm going to tell you something. There is a book that was written, a gentleman I had on my Fox program, George Gilder. And he talks about the death of Google. You see, folks, we invent our way out of these situations. We create new things. We can't know today what will exist 20 years ago. And this is one of the the great fallacies of this climate change propaganda. You'll hear conservatives say, of course the climate is changing. I, I agree with that. Sometimes it's a little warmer. Sometimes it's a little colder. But then you'll hear them say, well, I believe man contributes to the changing climate, which is absolutely absurd. It's imbecilic. And to know 100 years from now what it's going to do, we don't even know what the country's going to look like 100 years from now. We don't know what inventions will be 100 years from now. Look at 100 years past. These are such stupid and foolish reports by propagandists. That's why they're dismissed. It is they who deny reality and deny human ingenuity. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, BrickhouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, those of us who are serious lawyers... Those of us who've practiced law, some of these uh, federal prosecutors, former federal prosecutors, they watch TV and listen to these fools, and we shake our heads. And it seems like every two or three months, there's a linchpin to get Trump and Russian collusion. 
And now it's uh, Jerome Corsi and Roger Stone. May I say, with all due respect, two knuckleheads. So this is the linchpin to the Mueller investigation. Jerome Corsi, an author, and Roger Stone. This is where we come to. It's ridiculous. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a political fight. As I explained a year and a half ago, and it took the geniuses, the law professors, about six months to catch up. You cannot indict a sitting president. Maybe you can, but under Department of Justice rules, you cannot. Which means that Mr. Mueller, who must comply with the Department of Justice rules, cannot indict the president. Period. So, from day one, as I tried to explain, maybe I should change my name to Dershowitz, Mr. Producer. I don't even know how to spell it. I do, I'm just kidding. As I explained on day one, the president is not in legal jeopardy. The president is not in legal jeopardy. This is all about a coup, trying to remove him from office. That's why his great haters among the Republicans, like Flake and Sass and the others, they want to protect Mueller. Because although Mueller is going after small fish and every now and then they leak and we're, oh, look at this Corsi thing. Oh, Roger Stone. Oh, we got the bid. Look at this. This is big stuff. It's a junk. It's a joke. It's a joke. So when Dershowitz says today, this report's going to be very partisan. It won't be fairly very. Really? You think? I think so. That's not news. But here's what troubles me, ladies and gentlemen. No matter the turn in this investigation, the media are constantly rooting for Mueller, and they're constantly rooting against the president. They desperately want some connection. They desperately want the president of the United States to have been lying to the American people. They desperately want to bring down the executive branch. That's not the job of a free press. This is what requires our attention. This is why the Democrats and the media keep going after this guy, Whitaker. I don't know Whitaker. He's a perfectly fine guy, former U.S. attorney. He's under attack now by dim-witted Comey. He's under attack by the Democrats. You know exactly what the Democrats are doing. They are propagandists. They keep pushing lies and big lies. This guy, Whitaker, he doesn't even know what hit him. He's the acting attorney general. They want Rosenstein in there who's conflicted up the wazoo, but he's passive. So they like it. He used to work for Mueller decades ago. So that's all good. They like the conflicts in that case, but they concoct conflicts when it comes to Whitaker. We all know what's going on here. We've known what's going on here since day one. They pressured Sessions to recuse. Rosenstein is a coward. He ran for the hills, even though there was no criminal statutory predicate. He turned a counterintelligence investigation into a criminal investigation without any underlying crime related to the president. Even then, since you can't charge a sitting president, what are you doing? Now, ironically, we have people, friends and others, who are writing about Manafort making a play for a pardon. And that is, it's uh, speculated why he is not cooperating with the prosecutor. How do we know he's not cooperating with the prosecutor? How do we know this guy, Mueller, 
and his sidekick, Weissman, who's been admonished by judges before for his outrageous, unethical conduct, how do we know it's not them who are trying to force Manafort to provide a false sworn document or uh, false testimony? We don't have enough facts. We don't know that. It's incredible what they're doing, as far as I'm concerned, to this guy Manafort. I think they're so desperate. They just keep pressing him, pressing him, pressing him, making life miserable, as miserable as humanly possible. To get him to say something that may not be true, but might be helpful to their report. Now, next point. Although somebody can say the report won't be fair, which seems to me rather, duh, obvious, The fact is, ladies and gentlemen, the prosecutors don't write reports. You do all your talking in the courtroom. And yet here, he's going to write a report. He's going to write an impeachment report. This thing is political through and through, beginning to end. That's why the media are rooting for Mueller. That's why the president's enemies, enemies in the U.S. Senate, seek to protect Mueller. Because they, they want to undo the election of 2016. And I must tell you, trying to look at this from a very sober perspective, and I don't drink, by the way, trying to look at this at a very, uh, from a very sober perspective, what the hell has Trump done? There's no even leaked allegation that makes any sense. You would think by now, if they had an email where Trump was writing... Vlad, hey, buddy, Vlad, don't forget this. Or writing WikiLeaks and telling, don't forget to leak. You'd think by now they'd have it. With the enormous amount of documents that have been turned over from the White House, from the campaign. And you should know, there's been no assertion of executive privilege, not once by this president, to protect any of his records. Almost unprecedented. He's not hiding from anything. So you would think at this point, with a thousand phony reporters investigating the president, with people who are cutting deals with Mueller and his team, with access to all these documents, you would think at some point, some way, something would leak out with the president's fingerprints on it. But there aren't. The best they can do is Jerome Corsi and Roger Stone. And then I have to hear these phony experts on TV going on that, you know, this, uh, and by the way, they use this voice, so you think they're actually really experts. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, this, uh, this Manafort situation here, this, this could be the, what leads directly to Trump here. That may be why he's resisting. So Manafort may be the roadmap, you know. What the hell does that mean? What does that mean? And the Guardian writes this phony story. And it's been uh, unraveled in one website after another. Here's one at Law and Crime, the Dan Abrams site. And he's a big lib. Written by Matt Nahum. President Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, says he's been told that the Guardian's report on Paul Manafort meeting with WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange in 2016 is unequivocally fake news. Meanwhile, the publication is being accused of stealth editing. Manafort denies it. Everybody denies it. Manafort is so angry, he wants to figure out a way to bring a libel suit. 
It's not immediately clear who told Giuliani this. The WikiLeaks responded to the report earlier Tuesday by calling the reporters responsible serial fabricators. Remember this day when the Guardian permitted a serial fabricator to totally destroy the paper's reputation? Read a tweet from WikiLeaks' official account. WikiLeaks is willing to bet the Guardian a million dollars and its editor's head that Manafort never met Assange. WikiLeaks later asked if editor Catherine Vinner would resign, sharing quiet edits of the completely fabricated blockbuster. In other words, they're quietly editing the story, trying to adjust and modify the story. That's your free press. A law and crime, as law and crime noted before, the main claims of the Guardian's uh, report were that Manafort met with Assange inside the Ecuadorian embassy in London on a few occasions. Now, let me tell you something. That place is bugged a thousand different ways. All these embassies are, I have no doubt. And Mr. Mueller has access to all that stuff. Excuse me, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Mueller and his team has access to all that stuff. So I seriously doubt this is accurate. The years were 2013 and 2015 and the spring of 2016. All right, 2013, 2015, and the spring of 2016. Manafort was not even Trump's campaign manager. So this is the big story all day long. Manufactured news, a fabrication. I think this is the roadmap that they're looking for. And also leaks coming out of the uh, prosecutor's office as well as a public filing that now they're really going to take care of uh, Manafort. Because he's been lying to them in all their 40, 50, 60 hours of interviews. And he won't give them what he want, what they want, you see. Now, as for this speculation about a pardon, let me shock you all. First of all, Mr. Mueller's appointment was unconstitutional. I don't give a damn what the Supreme Court rules. I can read the Constitution with my own two eyes. I can see his authority. He's no inferior employee of the federal government. He's more powerful than any United States attorney in the country. And we know that because the, the Democrats and the rogue Republicans want to protect him. We need to protect this man. They don't do that for any other United States attorney. They don't say that Trump cannot fire a United States attorney. What they say is, he must not touch Mueller. Well, that tells you all you need to know. So his appointment violates the Appointments Clause. It also violated Department of Justice regulations. And the man who appointed him was conflicted up the wazoo, as I said. And you can't as- indict a sitting president according to the Department of Justice's own rules. So what's this about? And it goes on and on and on. And now you're led to believe... Now we've really got Trump. On what? And by the way, can I tell you a little secret? It's not illegal to meet Russians. Yes, Democrats used to do this all the time. In fact, they used to meet Russians who were part of the Soviet Empire. Ted Kennedy was over there, and uh, all of his buddies would talk to the Russians. Aldra Hiss, he would talk to the Russians in the old Soviet Union days. But they did so in a way that was thoroughly illegal. But it's not illegal to talk to the Russians, ladies and gentlemen. It's not. I mean, if Obama can talk to the Cubans and the Iranians and so forth, he can talk to the Russians. I'll be right back. Mark in.
calls here. Derek Portsmouth, Arkansas. Is that correct? KWHN? How are you, KWHN. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Mark. Doing great. And what I wanted to say was uh, we uh, were talking about the liberal college professors that are talking on MSLSD in these places. I've sent three conservatives to college within the last 10 years and got back two uh, moderates and one raging liberal who is either in crisis or recovery because of what the uh, working world has done to them. I'm not sure which, but mm-hmm. what I, the point I wanted to make was in Dick Cheney's autobiography, he talks about this problem and he talks about how um, he was going to be an academic but he kept leaving and having success in the business world, and he found that that tainted him, and they didn't want him. And so that's my point, is that academics, um, and this is not true of all of them, but liberal academians don't want anybody with real-world knowledge and real-world success and real-world accomplishments. That's why they elect people that have never done anything. So that's that's what I have to say. And they're largely untouchable because they get tenure within a year or two uh, they have a really uh, powerful union. Uh, money flows into these colleges and universities like uh, you can't believe, hand over fist. Uh, they're really totally unregulated in that regard when they're expanding their, uh, uh, you know, their tennis courts and their basketball courts and their and their dorms and so forth. They have these these are empires unto themselves, and you and I pay for it, <clears throat> and student loans pay for it, and parents pay for it. And and what do you get for it? Now, in some cases, you'll get really smart kids who are doctors and this, that, and the other. But in way too many cases, you get kids who come out of college and they hate their country. Amen. And, and part of the problem is, a big part of the problem is that uh, uh, it's an incestuous relationship. Faculty in many of these institutions determine other, who's going to hire other faculty. Faculty have a big say in who the administrators are going to be, and so it's who they know, who they agree with, who they identify with. So all this talk about diversity, there's very little intellectual diversity or philosophical diversity on these college campuses, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And as I say, and I believe it's true, these college campuses in many respects are the last vestiges of the old Soviet Union. All right, my friend. Derek, good luck to you. Joanna, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. I love your program. I've been listening to you for many years, and I am your number one fan here. Thank you. (laughs) I wanted to say that, um, thank you so much for all you do, by the way. I wanted to say that um, as I'm looking out um, in the culture and what I read in the media, it reminds me so much of my childhood in Cuba when I was a little girl before I, uh, before we fled um, in the '60s. It's it's um, it's like almost a replay. Uh, you you see all of these uh, people who are elected into office, and what they what what's coming out of their mouth is almost out of a communist manifesto, Marxist workbook, however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And they they say the most outrageous things, and people don't question it. They don't even question themselves. It's got nothing to do with reality. Mm-hmm. And you see them pitching, uh, you know, one class of people against the other. They talking against business people, talking against uh, the rich and the religious, and all of that. 
and I, I, I want to be optimistic, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you that it's, it's, it's become scary. Mm-hmm. It's become very scary. Well, I do think we have to be realists about what's taking place. I mean, you, you can see this. You see it. I see it. We all see it. The, the radicalization of the Democrat Party. The 1960s rioters have moved into the mainstream of the Democrat Party. Uh, their progeny moved into the media. And so we are dealing with a very, very radical, uh, ideologically motivated group of people. And uh, the problem is they just don't see things the way we do, and they have power. You know, the Democrat Party and government, they get along great. They get along very, very well, and they grow the government. Let me put it to you this way. If big government didn't help the Democrat Party and vice versa, we wouldn't have big government. But I'm tired. I'm tired of being a servant of the Democrat Party. I'm tired of being a servant of that ideology. And so we must keep challenging it. And I want to thank you for your input. It's very, very important. Yeah, the key, the key with all these people, I think what always motivates them, and I lived under that, is power. It's not even money, as corrupt as they become. It's not even money. It's the power. They latch on to it, and once yep. they latch on to it, they won't let go. They want power. The money comes later. Ask Obama, ask Gore, ask the Clintons. You know, it's not like they're doing a poverty work. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. We'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. This is the nation's town hall meeting. And you can join in at 877-381-3811. You know, there's been a lot of these tax groups that have advertised on radio and TV, and most of them don't exist anymore. Optima Tax Relief began advertising on my radio show. They not only exist, many of you very much have used them and needed them. Because they have top-notch experts who know what they're doing. How comfortable are you with technology that tracks your car, your cell phone, and where you use your bank or credit card? Technology's great, right? Well, not so much if you owe money to the IRS. Word is out that the IRS and their army of tax collectors have access to sophisticated data analytics. Underscore sophisticated. Now, if the IRS hasn't caught up to you yet, or even if they're already sending you letters threatening collection action... Optima Tax Relief can help you. Optima can help stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop that army of tax collectors with technology from targeting you. 
Optima has resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients and their experts in IRS Fresh Start Initiative. Call now and take the first step towards ending your IRS nightmare. Call for your free consult, free consult, while you still have options, because tomorrow may be too late. Call 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. The Washington Post... Our friends at the Daily Wire, the Washington Post reprints an Associated Press claim that Iran has never threatened to attack Israel. You know, this is amazing to me. 1988-1989, the original Ayatollah, before he died, he uh, unleashed a fatwa of summary executions killing up to 30,000 people, including journalists, by the way. And not just non-believers, but, you know, his political opponents, including journalists. And yet the left, the media, Obama, all of them, they seem to have an affinity for Iran. No, 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 you don't understand, Mark. They want to prevent Iran from getting nukes. So Trump is supposed to destroy, from beginning to end, whatever relationship we have with Saudi Arabia, even if it's against our national security interests. And yet this constant feeding of the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran that has killed American soldiers— that is in Syria, that is in Iraq, that is in Yemen, that is attempting to build long-range nuclear-tipped missiles. Not to hit Tel Aviv, to hit Washington, D.C., and so forth. They coddle that country. They appease that country. And so the Washington Post, along with the AP, have lied thoroughly about Iran. Hank Berrien, over there at the Daily Wire, he's on it. On Saturday, the Washington Compost, that's me, reprinted an AP story about Iran's President Hassan Rouhani, calling Israel a cancerous tumor that Western countries had created as a proxy for their interests. In the article, the author, Nasser Karami, uh, with the Post, I guess, stated a flagrant lie in order to portray the government of Iran, the world's largest state-sponsored terrorism, as a peaceful entity. While Israel was the saber-rattling menace, Karami wrote, Iran has never threatened to attack Israel, but has vowed to retaliate if it is attacked. Now read that again. Iran has never threatened to attack Israel. The utter ridiculousness of that claim was laid bare for all to see by Amri Sarin, the national security advisor to Senator Ted Cruz, who quoted Jeffrey Goldberg of The Atlantic in 2015, listing no less than 14 times a member of Iran's government swore his felty to destroying the state of Israel starting in 2000. Do you want to hear some of this? Now, this is from The Atlantic, a leftist, Goldberg. Mohammed Khatami, former president of Iran, if we abide by real legal laws, we should mobilize the whole Islamic world for a sharp confrontation with the Zionist regime. If we abide by the Koran, all of us should mobilize to kill. Ooh. Washington Post and AP missed that one. And all they have to do is Google as I like to say, Google it. Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. It is the mission of the Islamic Republic of Iran to erase Israel from the map of the region. Hassan Nasrallah, a leader of Hezbollah. If the Jews all gather in Israel, it will save us the trouble of going after them worldwide. How did the Washington Compost and the Associated Depress miss this, ladies and gentlemen? Nasrallah. Israel is our enemy. This is an aggressive, illegal, and illegitimate entity which has no future in our land. Its destiny is manifested in our motto, Death to Israel. 
the former commander of Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps. With God's help, the time has come for the Zionist regime's death sentence. Do I need to read more of these? They go on and on. I mean, I've got three pages of lists here that somehow the Washington Compost and the New York Slimes, excuse me, the Associated Depress, they're all the same. Missed. It's sort of like the New York Slimes missing the Holocaust, if you will, for which they've never apologized. Oh, and here's one. I'm sure you haven't seen this on CNN or MSLSD. Or if you did, it was like uh, a two-second thing. They should have it on breaking news. News alert. Breaking news. Our buddies at Conservative Review, Jordan Schachtel, who's terrific. Islam, listen to this one. Islamists in Pittsburgh pocket cash raised for Jewish community in wake of mass shooting. I said, what? Islamic groups in Pittsburgh appear to have pocketed hundreds of thousands of dollars from fundraisers set up in the wake of the horrific October mass shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue, which killed 11 Jews and injured several congregants and police officers who responded to the scene. According to the left-wing forward, the forward, which is really not, the Islamic group Celebrate Mercy has already funneled $155,000 of over $238,000 that was raised supposedly for the victims of the shooting in the greater Jewish community of Pittsburgh into the Islamic Center of Pittsburgh. Though the Ford article states that a document was posted signed by a representative of Celebrate Mercy, the director of the Islamic Center and a Tree of Life representative detailing exactly how the funds will be distributed to victims and their families, the link to the document is dead. As for the remaining almost $84,000 raised above the fundraiser's $150,000 goal, it will go toward the vague goal of projects that help foster Muslim-Jewish collaboration, dialogue, and solidarity. Celebrate Mercy director Tariq El Masidi told The Forward, The Clarion Project, if you've never been to this site, you really ought to go. It's outstanding. The Clarion Project, along with other groups, has documented how Islamists have used anti-Semitic crimes in the United States to raise cash for their priorities. Concerning the individuals behind the Pittsburgh fundraiser, there are already several red flags. Am I boring everybody? I think this is important. You know, this is the follow-up to what takes place. The media are often, you know, uh, trying to figure out how to get Trump. There is a pattern of American Islamists pretending to be sympathetic to domestic U.S. Jews to build credibility that they are not anti-Semites. Several of these Islamists have been involved in crowdfunding campaigns to aid the Pittsburgh Synagogue, said Ryan Morrow and Alex Van Ness of the Claren Project. The Claren Project. The Islamic Center Pittsburgh is a mosque with deep ties to the Muslim Brotherhood front groups in the United States, a former imam. Uh, who was there, was an over an anti-Semite who blamed Jews for the rise of ISIS. And he was ultra-cozy with anti-Semitic hate preacher Louis Farrakhan. You see, ladies and gentlemen, how other news outlets have to do all the work for the big media, and the big media ignore it anyway. Isn't this worthy? Or do we have to have Professor Dyson? Oh, she's a white supremacist. You just fill in the blank. Women's March leader Linda Sarsour, in particular, who fundraised in the wake of the Pittsburgh attacks through her Islamic advocacy group called Empower Change, has a long history running Jewish solidarity scams, which resulted in raised cash simply disappearing. And where's, uh, where's Bob Mueller, Mr. Producer? Where's the Southern District in New York? Somebody go wake them up. 
Last year, Sarsour and El Masidi raised over $100,000 for the purported goal of helping to repair Jewish cemeteries that were damaged by vandals. Months went by, and several cemeteries that were promised funds never received a check from the group. The legacy media has played a role in offering false legitimacy to the fundraisers set up by the perpetual scam artists. In the wake of the Pittsburgh shooting, countless media outlets celebrated their supposed noble fundraising activities without taking the time to investigate or caution readers about their past activities. What do you say, fake tapper? Don Lemon? Who else is over there? Who cares? Oh, uh, Chris Cuomo, the dumbest of the Cuomos, which means, you know, negative uh, territory. We have that going on, but what about Andrea Mitchell? Where is she today? I know, who cares? All right, let's take a couple calls. Tim, New York City, New York, the great WABC, go. Good evening, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. You made a comment about the diversity, and I've called it for a long time, lack of diversity. I happen to have a law degree. I also went to a very liberal undergraduate school, and it's just amazing to me, particularly as I got older and went to law school. All the teachers come from the same place. They all come from the same think tanks originally. And you see that mm-hmm. politics, particularly with the Democratic politics, they all come from the same schools. Uh, so it's, it's lack of diversity, and they advance each other uh, based upon their common think. I just want to share that. Thank you're you. You're more right than you know, my brother. You're more right than you know. And um, your observations are factually supported, and I'm rushing to try and dig up my own research on this. Maybe I'll do it. Let me do this after the break. I think it's very, very important, folks, and I think some of you are going to be stunned. We'll be right back. Lovin. The good, the true, the beautiful. How can one begin to understand these high and noble ideals? starts with the right kind of education, doesn't it? And that's tough to find these days. We've been talking about it. I know one college that provides a comprehensive education of the very best kind, an education in the philosophical, political, theological, scientific, and literary heritage of the West. That's Hillsdale College. Every student, regardless of their major, spends half their time on the same liberal arts core curriculum studying science, theology, history, mathematics, philosophy, literature, and the Constitution. At Hillsdale, all students learn about our great Western and American heritage. The result? Hillsdale alumni are leaders with intelligence and character, making a difference in their families, communities, and country. But it all starts with a core curriculum that develops moral and intellectual virtue, the core that helps them understand the good, the true, and the beautiful. This is the Hillsdale core curriculum. This is learning for the long run. Discover what education is meant to be. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N, for hillsdale.com. All right, as promised. I've written about a lot of stuff, you know, so I pull out Plunder and Deceit. I go to page 87. You want to know why the same thing is taught from university to university, most of them anyway? Daniel P. Klein and Charlotta Stern, in an article in the Independent Review, a journal of political economy, place much of the blame for this groupthink at the feet of specific departments and department heads, which perpetuate an ideological closed-mindedness. They argue that the faculty in a given department is less governed by the zeitgeist of the larger institutional community than by the modus vivendi of the specific department and, more broadly, the profession in which it operates. The values of the individuals at the apex of that department usually dictate 
the standards and norms under which the faculty functions. Most often, this means that ideas or opinions that contradict those held by the leaders of the department are less likely to be published or even expressed openly by faculty. And tenure may also be offered or denied based on loyalty to the predicates of the department. Very important. There's also an incestuous network of graduates from the top departments in different fields who hire fellow alumni as they move into the highest positions in departments at other colleges and universities. Klein and Stern cite a survey of the most prestigious 200 economics departments around the world. They write graduates from the top five departments account for roughly one-third of all faculty hired in other departments surveyed. The top 20 departments account for roughly 70% of the total. Even worse, of the 430 full-time faculty employed by the top 20 sociology departments, only 7, less than 2%, received their PhDs from a non-top 20 department. In the field of law, Richard Redding finds a third of all new teachers hired in law schools between 1996 and 2000 graduated from either Harvard, 18%, or Yale, 15%. Another third graduated from other top 12 schools, and 20% graduated from other top 25 law schools. You get the point? The enforcement of ideological groupthink extends beyond the faculty, and it goes into the administration as well, and I'm not going to read the whole book to you. So what you're hearing with your own two ears and what you're seeing with your own two eyes actually exists. And Mr. Producer, you know what I'm seeing with my own two eyes? The damn computer shut down. Who do you recommend that I speak to on our... Amy, Colorado Springs, XM Satellite, go. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. It's an honor to speak to you. Thank you. Um, I, I just had a comment about... The press you were talking, you have played a clip before, um, and they they say that the president is trying to divide us all the time when they are the ones that are trying to divide us constantly. The left and the press, by um, you know, by color, by gender, by even they're even trying to pit husbands and wives against each other. It's it's gotten to the point it's ridiculous. I don't understand how they could say the president's trying to divide us when that's exactly what they're trying to do. And the president is not trying to divide us. He calls it as he sees it. He sees what's going on on the border. He sees um, how we need to secure the border against terrorism, which is why he had the temporary uh, plan in place so we could vet people uh, coming from these countries that have uh, terrorist uh, problems and issues and uh, that are in civil war. I mean, these are rational things that a president is trying to do. Uh, but they're angry. Look, they thought they were going to get another four years of Obama through Hillary. And so uh, they are completely out of the closet. The left has gone absolutely berserk. The media uh, are part of it. And we need to fight it. We need to push back. And I'm going to tell you, with the Republican Party that we have now, with big spending and big borrowing and big deficit, Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, one foot out the door, it's tough. The president of the United States, you know. He's given these bills that are massive spending bills, and everybody says veto it, and I would have supported that. But it was a close call for him because he wanted to fund the United States military and wanted to build it up. He sees what's happening with China, sees what's happening with Russia, North Korea, and Iran, and he's concerned about it. Here's the one thing I know about Trump, and that you know about Trump. He loves his country. You would never hear him talk about this country the way most hosts and anchors on MSNBC, on CNN, at the New York Times, at the Washington Post, and all the rest of them. He never would talk about his country that he reveres the way that they do.
Thank you, Amy. Who's next, Mr. Producer? WISN, one of our great affiliates, one of our earliest affiliates. Uh, David in, in uh, Milwaukee, how are you? All right, how are you? Good. Can you take it off the speaker? I just did. There you go. <laughs> You're waking me up here. Okay. You got it. Go. Am I on? You're on. Go. Mark, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I've been trying to talk to you for a while about... Well, we have two minutes, and you got me. Go. Okay. Two minutes. Mainstream media needs massive reform. I hear nobody talking about it, but yet every night, every day, I hear all the criticism and and the case. Massive reform. Sir, let me tell you something. Digital TV, talk radio, other forms of communication, this is the competition. We can't all buy cable channels. We can't all buy... uh, television networks it's just an impossible task but what we can do is create outlets and then grow those outlets make them bigger and bigger and it will take you folks to participate in that growth seriously to to subscribe to that growth and that's how we get around them quite frankly we compete against them and i believe we would win thank you for your call we'll be right back From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Cut three, go. And if I could ask a follow-up, um, the president doesn't believe uh, the warnings in the climate report. Uh, the president doesn't believe the CIA when it comes to Jamal Khashoggi. The president doesn't believe the intelligence community when it comes to Russia meddling. Why doesn't he have faith in his advisors? No, that's not true. The president has a great deal of uh, faith in the intelligence community and certainly in the team that he has assembled around him. However, uh, I've addressed the climate report. There's really nothing else to add on that front. Now, let's just stop here for a second. In other words, if you don't take the hard left-wing position that Jim Acosta is a front man for, then there's something wrong. See, he has no skepticism whatsoever about government. None. None. When it is aimed at Trump. None. So now the intelligence community is 100% accurate. Um, and it, maybe it is. I don't know. But he, but he's a reporter. He's supposed to have some level of skepticism. The question like, you don't believe your advisors? What kind of a stupid question is that? <clears throat> On climate change, he knows who produced that report. These holdovers and these bureaucrats. They weren't Trump's people at the White House and so forth. He knows there's two million civil servants out there. Doesn't matter. He's putting on a performance, which is why I played the song for him. That's the way I view the guy. In women's underwear. I can't help it. Go ahead. I believe the CIA, he said uh, the other day, maybe MBS did, maybe he didn't, the crown prince. And we haven't uh, seen definitive uh, evidence come from our intelligence. Why don't they believe what the, they're saying? They have access to more of this than anybody on Capitol Hill does, even the intelligence committees. And what is the point of this? To try and force Trump to cut our relations with Saudi Arabia? So Iran, the less beloved Iran, Obama's beloved Iran, the media's beloved Iran, can do what? Can roll over some more countries? Go ahead. 
ties him directly to that. What we have seen is a number of individuals that we know are tied to that, and those individuals have been sanctioned. The people that we have no doubt about their involvement, we've taken action on. Um, and as he said, we'll see what happens beyond that. And if there's more definitive information, we'll make a decision at that point. Now, let me move on to the next subject, because I only have about 40, 50 minutes left. I want you to see how the left plays this climate change issue. If there's a fire, if there's a hurricane, if there's a tornado, if there are droughts, it's because we haven't turned the economy over to the government and to the socialists. Because you see, if we would limit our our consumption of hamburgers, if we would control our material interests, if we would abandon capitalism, these things wouldn't be happening, at least not as bad as they are. So says the communist, Bernie Sanders. And why don't they call him a communist? I don't understand. Isn't he a communist? Oh, he's a socialist, but he's a communist. Who the hell goes over to Moscow when the Soviet Union's in power? I want to visit a socialist. Well, then go, go. You know, there's many countries that are socialist in Europe. Why would you go to Moscow unless you're a commie? Just saying. Go ahead. But you know, while we're talking about people at the border, that's very important. It was a report, as you know, that just came out last week from 13 government agencies, which is dealing with the crisis facing us in terms of climate change. And what these agencies are telling us, if we do not get our act together and cut in a significant way carbon emissions, what you We are the one country that is. Not because of government, but because of the brilliance of capitalism. That is the brilliance of the American people. He'll never understand that. He's slobbering all over his tie. His spittle's dripping on his loafers. He'll never understand. He doesn't care. He's an idiot. Go ahead. Looking at are more wildfires like we have seen in California? No. No. Notice he'll never talk about the failure to properly manage forests because when I was deputy solicitor of the Interior Department under Ronald Reagan for a short period, one of the things the left-wing environmental groups insisted on was leaving the forests alone. Let them burn. That's nature's way. And I told you this the other day. They would file lawsuit after lawsuit blocking our abilities to try and better manage these forests. And these are the people who are in charge of the forests, the left-wing environmental organizations. Now, you'll notice CNN and MSNBC and the rest of them don't really drill down on this. They don't really drill down on this. They don't really look into this. Why aren't these forests managed properly with the old growth removed and so forth? Because they don't want to. Instead, it's global warming. You know, there's never been on Earth. We've never had global warming before. It's the first time ever. Go ahead. See more rising sea levels. You're going to see more drought and more flooding. We have got to address that issue. So you're going to see rising sea levels. You're going to see drought. You're going to see flooding. We have to address this issue, and how do we address it? Destroy our economy, destroy our lifestyle, and all of us just kind of live off the land, live in these huts and these hovels, much like Bernie does in his three very expensive homes. All these people lecturing you, most of them are richer than you. Most of them have much more luxurious lives than you. They're not giving up anything. They don't give up first class. They don't give up air conditioning. They don't give up heating. They don't give up anything. You, we, the slugs out here, we have to give it up to accommodate Bernie Sanders. But he's not the only one. You have this idiot, 
Merkley from uh, Oregon. That's his name, Senator Merkley. How do these people become? It's incredible. Cut seven, go. Well, and I tell you, we see the effects right now with the greater forest fires, the acidification of the Pacific Ocean affecting our oysters, uh, the, the pine beetles are rampaging. Uh, so it's not even just looking into the future. It's, it's, it's Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. The pine beetles are rampaging, Mr. Bidu? Is that what he said? The rampaging pine, ne- the pine beetles? Really? I have to hear more from this genius. Go ahead. And the answer is a complete conversion to renewable energy. Which there is you now- go. We just have to put all this fossil fuel, put all these people out of business, destroy these companies, destroy hundreds of thousands of jobs because this low IQ politician insists on it. Now, again, just because I write, those of you of liberty and tyranny, that's 1.5 million of you. What you need to do is turn to I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Very busy today. I can't even believe I'm getting all this done with the flu. Turn the page in the hardcover, 140. Just listen. Dr. John Brignell, retired professor of industrial instrumentation, the University of Southampton in Britain. Now remember, this book is, uh, what, 10 years old, give or take? Composed a list of alarmist claims and news reports that man-made global warming causes or has caused. Remember when I read this whole thing, Mr. Producer? Let's do a few minutes so you get a feel. And this was in media. Acne. In other words, these are things that global warming has made worse. Acne, agricultural land increase, Afghan poppies destroyed, Africa devastated, African aid threatened, African conflict, aggressive weeds, air pressure changes, Alaska reshaped, allergies increased, Alps melting, Amazon a desert, American dream end, amphibians breeding earlier or not breeding at all. (coughs) Excuse me. Ancient forests dramatically changed. Animals head for the hills. Antarctic ice grows. These are headlines. Antarctic ice shrinks. Antarctic sea, life at risk. Anxiety treatment. Algae blooms. Archaeological sites threatened. Arctic, I'm just in the A's. Arctic bogs melt. Arctic in bloom. Arctic ice free. Arctic lakes disappear. Arctic tundra to burn. Atlantic less salty. Atlantic more salty. Atmospheric circulation modified. Attack of the killer jellyfish. Avalanches reduced, avalanches increased. Baghdad snow, Bahrain underwater, bananas grow, beer shortage, beetle infestation, better beer, big melt faster, billion dollar research projects, billion homeless, billions face risk, billions of deaths, bird distributions change, bird visitors drop, birds confused, birds return early, birds driven north, Uh, bitter boom ends, blackbirds stop singing, blizzards. Blue muscles return. Blue tongue. Brains shrink. Bridges collapse. Uh, Britain, Siberia. British gardens change. Brothels struggle. Brown Ireland. Bubonic plague. Budget increases. Buddhist temple threatened. Building collapse. Building season extension. I'm only in the bees. It's a damn good book. It's the chapter on enviro-statism. This is absolutely outrageous. We can go down this list. I could spend a half hour just reading it to you. But that would bore most of you. Again, you can see it on pages uh, 140 to 143. We put it in particularly small font. Want to hear a little more just for fun? These are the headlines. Europe simultaneously baking and freezing. Evolution accelerating. 
extinctions, human, civilization, logic, intuit, smallest butterfly, cod, just reading it, ladybirds, pinkas, polar bears, gorillas, walruses, in other words, all these disappear. Extreme changes to California, fading fall foliage, fainting, famine, farmers go under, fashion disaster, fever, fur cone bonanza, fish catches drop. I don't even know what that means. Fish downsize, fish catches rise, fish deaf, fish get lost, fish sex change, fish stocks decline, 5 million illnesses, flesh-eating diseases, flood patterns change, floods, floods of beaches and cities, flood of migrants, Florida economic decline, flowers in peril, food poisoning, food prices soar, food security threat, footpath erosion, forest decline, forest expansion, frog with extra heads, and it goes on. That's your science, ladies and gentlemen, and that's your media. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. No, I was just thinking during the break. I mean, if you listen to the propaganda over the last several months in this election. The governor-elect of Florida was a racist, DeSantis. The governor-elect of uh, Georgia is a racist, Kemp. I believe the senator-elect, who's the current senator in Mississippi, she's a white supremacist. And so basically any conservative, any Republican uh, is a racist, a white supremacist, unless they're of the, you know, John Kasich, Ben Sass. uh, Flake variety, which is why they are the way they are, and they kowtow to the left. And, of course, Trump. forgot. Bernie Sanders gives it up when it comes to climate change, what they're really up to. Not that you need him to tell you, but it underscores it. Cut six, go. Do you know what the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change said? They said that if we don't get our act together within 12 years, 12 years, not a long period of time, there's going to be irreparable harm to this planet. So the point is, the American people have got to stand up and say that for the sake of their children and their grandchildren, we have got to have to take on the greed of the fossil fuel industry. There you go. The greed, the profits of the fossil fuel industry and give it to government. Now, ladies and gentlemen, how many more failed human experiments in socialism and Marxism do we really need? And when you point to them, they point somewhere else. Well, look over there. Look over there. How about over there? The problem is you can't contain this stuff. Look what's going on in Venezuela. Look what goes on in Cuba. Look what goes on in these major societies. You know, our country and liberty, it's not guaranteed to survive in perpetuity. It's not. It requires a virtuous people. And virtuous politicians. This is not a virtuous politician. He's a carnival barker. And yet, he's given the platform, even though he's kind of a freak politically. Oh, I should change that. He was kind of a freak politically, but more and more the Democrat Party is moving in his direction. And so what he wants to do, all these decades we talked about energy independence. We need energy independence. And through American know-how, including through fossil fuel companies. That's right, I'll say it. Oil companies. We finally reached that point. It's great for our economy. It's great for our national security. Excuse me. But it's not good enough. Now we have to destroy it. 
We have to work, walk around with uh, b- battery uh, warming uh, socks and propellers on our head. You know what? When Bernie Sanders campaigns that way, I'll think about it. But I don't, I don't think he, uh, he has that intention. Bob, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, the great WTAQ. Go. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. This is kind of on a last topic, uh, not so much on the environmental issues, but I'm, I'm reading a book by David McCullough, which is about, I don't know, 18 years old already, 2001, I believe, about, uh, about John Adams. And I've, I've just noticed the correlation that, you know, a lot of people think that this is all new, that the parties can't get along and everything else. And all the while that Adams was serving, Jefferson was accusing him of being a monarchist. And while he was dealing with France at the same time, I mean, this goes way back. But I just noticed the correlation that... I'll tell you the difference. Thing- I'll tell you the difference. The left, because of all these decades now of being unmoored from the Constitution, wants to use government to devour the civil society. Jefferson and Adams had very serious disagreements. But fundamentally, they embraced the same principles. That's not the case today. You agree? It's I different. do. I do agree. It's very different today. We have people who really want to uh, transmute or transform this country into something that is, that is quite diabolical. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. And you're right on. There's always been these battles, no question about it. But this is different because where they want to take us. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's mentor of conservatism. Call now at 877-381-3811. The holidays are a time for family, being thankful, and sharing blessings. And sadly, the holidays are also about scamming. Every year, fraud increases during the holidays, and the thieves like to celebrate with your hard-earned money. From fake charities to package delivery scams, tis the season for identity theft. Now this year, don't let the holiday spirit distract you from staying safe. You'll need identity protection more than ever. So get it from the best. My ID Care has been taking care of Fortune 500 companies for years, and now they're offering identity protection to everyone so you can make sure your whole family is covered. From Tri-Bureau credit monitoring to dark web scanning, it's the kind of comprehensive protection you need. Plans start for less than 10 bucks a month, and only My ID Care offers a money-back recovery guarantee. Now, I don't worry about identity theft anymore, and neither should you. Enjoy your holidays with peace of mind from My ID Care. You, my listeners, you get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark, promo code mark. Learn more and then let my ID care protect you. Myidcare.com slash mark, enter promo code mark. That's myidcare.com slash mark, enter promo code mark. All right, Mr. Producer, who do we have? Who do you suggest? K-E-N-N, David in New Mexico. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah, Mark, um deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. I no longer consent, and I withdrew my consent years ago publicly on on the radio. I called you tonight when I heard you in a conversation with a caller about uh, how the uh, university systems were being used in uh, nothing short of a racketeering outfit. Excuse me. And And I told the producer I wanted to share an observation that I made back in around in the early 90s 1990, 91, somewhere in there. I'd already graduated from college and received my financial aid. Um, and I noticed that there was a big push 
by the uh, by by the the system, whatever it was, there was money flowing from the government to financial aid, and private schools as well as the public institutions were popping up all over the place, advertising to come to their school and get that financial aid money. And I noticed it then, and I wasn't politically active back then. I was in my 20s. I was a young airline pilot, and I, it was just something that I noticed, and I and I chalked it up as racketeering that there was something something wrong about that. And then fast forward 30 years. And I see where that all went to, and it went into the discussion that you had with that caller and went on to add to yourself, and I don't need to dread, dread, go through all that all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, these, these last 11 years, I've been paying intense uh, 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 attention to what my government is doing and, and all of its non-governmental partners. And, the re- and I won't go down this, but the reason for my attention is because my government... Uh, did did the worst thing they could ever do to me, and they they disappeared my children without warning, and never saw them again. And that's why I started paying attention. And and uh, if I were to go on to speak about all the things that I've noticed in these last 11 years about the university systems, the law schools, the legislatures, the the the, the not for profits that are up there lobbying, um, and so on and so on, it would be the same thing that you're saying. So I won't say that, but but I have noticed and and made made notes of it. And we we are nothing short of under attack from from. All the right, my side. friend, you made your point. I gave you a lot of time. I very much appreciate it. And I wanted to make sure you did have an opportunity. All right, Rich, who else you got there? Really, nobody worth talking to. Rich doesn't like any of the callers. All right, well, you're going to force me to go back. Uh, you know what? I'm not allowed to announce anything. We're doing something very exciting with our podcast. I will tell you about it in another week or two or three. And something very exciting elsewhere, which I can't tell you yet either. But we don't stand still. We don't let grass grow under our feet, as they like to say. So we want to increase the competition with the so-called mainstream media. I really think they're burning a short fuse. I really do. I think with them... Circling the wagons around Jim Acosta. I also think that all these media groups that filed friend of the court briefs, amicus briefs, defending his behavior and his conduct and pretending that was a First Amendment issue, I believe they've all damaged themselves, really. And some of them, well, let me put it to you this way. No, I can't even say anything. I can't say anything, so I won't say anything. But I'm very, very excited. Mr. Producer is sitting here. He has no idea what I'm talking about. Neither does Richie V., Mr. Call Screener. But we've got some very exciting things going on. All right. Unfortunately, we don't have great calls, so they told me not to take any of the calls. So let's go to Anderson Cooper. Well, he's not a great call, Mr. Producer. Cut eight. Go. The president of the United States seems to be honestly believing that global warming means it never gets cold anywhere. Tessa has a good explanation of the difference between Why don't weather- you stop with your pretense like you're so smart you know what the hell you're talking about? You don't have the foggiest idea what you're talking about. You haven't even read this report. If you read the report, particularly went to the back of the report, which I finished reading yesterday, late last night, you'll see it's, it's infused, it's drenched, it's laced with politics. So why don't you report honestly to your left-wing kook viewers, all three of them, all three, you understand, folks, that CNN, even their primetime shows, have very few viewers. Very few viewers. As I've said before, on my Sunday show, I have more viewers 
much of the time than their biggest prime time shows. I have a question, though, I want to ask. It's been at the top of my head. And I'm not trying to be rude or provocative or anything of the sort. How the hell did Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski get permission to get married at the National Archives, Mr. Producer? They even had a photographer there. The one time, well, I've been at the National Archive many times, but the one time I took out a camera as a little kid, I was admonished. We don't, we don't allow photographs in here. And the reason is, you can imagine, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people coming every week. Despite the, uh, the protection on the documents and so forth, it would have an impact. So I want to know how that happened. Being of the people, being regular people, how the hell did Scarborough and Brzezinski get, get the, uh, a wedding at the National Archives? Is it the first one? The reporters don't even ask. Can I tell you another secret, Mr. Producer? I shouldn't even tell you this. All right, I'll tell you. When I fly from Washington to Florida... And fly back. Apparently the Scarborough Brzezinski uh, couple. Sometimes take the same flight. Can you imagine? Can you imagine bumping into them? What do I do? Pretend they're not there? I think I pretend they're not there. Or I confront them in a polite way. I think that's what I do. But I'm not 100% sure. My wife will know what to do. She's tough. You remember Beto O'Rourke? In other words, Robert Francis O'Rourke, who thought it was kind of cool to use Beto to confuse people that he might have uh, Latino blood, which, of course, he does not. He's Irish. That's okay. You should be proud of it. But he wanted more votes in Texas. So Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke made much of the fact that he would not run for president. Vote for him for the United States Senate against Ted Cruz. He will not run for president. Like all the other leftists, that lasted about 14 seconds. Cut 12, go. Obviously, you know, really interested in in the direction this country takes. I want to be as effective as I can in making sure that it goes in, in, in a positive direction. So. Is it fair to say that's a different answer than the one you gave during the campaign when you ruled out running for president altogether? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. What are you going to do about it? These people are so sleazy. And I mean politicians, not all, but most of them. Yeah, it's a different answer. So what are you going to do about it? Doesn't really matter. I'm Beto O'Rourke. I'm backed by Hollywood. I raised 80 to $100 million. Let me tell you something. He's got a bigger fundraising base than Kamala Harris, than Spartacus, than Elizabeth Warren, than all of them. He could be trouble for them. And, of course, he has a very, very long resume. Oh, he doesn't? Well, that doesn't seem to matter on the Democrat side. That doesn't seem to matter. They say he's Kennedy-esque. And I ask myself, which one, Ted? Because I don't see that. I see a walking, talking platitude. And yet, because of the demographic changes in Texas, the guy got like 49% of the vote. In Texas. In Texas. Which is more evidence of the problem with immigration, I would argue. I'm actually, ladies and gentlemen, doing an experiment because I don't have my call screen up. Do you see anybody useful now, Mr. Producer? I'm testing Mr. Producer's ability to find quality callers. That's the inside joke. We have Lenny 
from WABC in New York. Go ahead, Lenny. Hey, Mark Levin. Great show. I listen to you all the time. You're very educational and informative, and thanks for doing the show. I was with the media a long time ago, and there's one way of stopping the media from inaccurate false reporting and basic lies, and that's to start legislation where they're responsible to retract any print media and any uh, time on TV. I, I don't support any such legislation. I really don't. Well, basically, given the same amount of time for a retraction... And no, 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 I don't, I don't believe in any of that, is what I'm saying. I don't want the government getting involved in the First Amendment. Yeah, but the media doesn't... <clears throat> you can keep repeating it, Lenny. I'm going to tell you again. The way that you compete with the media is to compete with the media. And I can see the left taking that and abusing the Constitution, too. We're the ones who believe in free speech. We're the ones who believe in freedom of the press. I understand there are people who abuse the freedom of the press. I got it. But we're not required to read what they write. We're not required to watch what they say. And that's the best way to deal with it and to compete against them. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Simply Safe is a fantastic security system. It's great protection for your home and family. And um, I don't know why you don't have it yet. It's the cutting edge technology. And right now, Simply Safe is giving you, my listeners, a great deal on home security. Order now, and you'll get their special holiday offer. And it's an amazing deal. Now, I love Simply Safe because they treat people right. They want more people to be safe in their homes, so the pricing is fair and honest. Around-the-clock professional monitoring is just $14.99 a month. Simply Safe has no contracts ever, no hidden fees ever. They really care about the people who buy their systems, and that's so rare today. I'm not the only one who likes them either. CNET, PC Mag, and Wirecutter all say Simply Safe is the best security system there is. So protect your home today with Simply Safe and take advantage of their holiday offer. When you order your system today, it's simplysafemark.com, simplysafemark.com. Make sure to use that website so they know that I sent you. And hurry, because this deal ends soon. Now, you don't want to miss it. That's simplysafemark.com, simplysafemark.com. All right. My call screen is back. Well, these are all good callers. We got five of them. All the, all the call lines are filled. All right, let's take a few. Jeff, Lake Placid, Florida, the great WWTK. I thought it was Lake Placid, New York. But anyway, go ahead. Well, no, but it's the same guy that uh, he, he got the town to change the name in the early 1900s or something. But anyway, right. you know, yes. I, get, I get tired of, of hearing uh, everybody moaning about the environment. I just retired from running a, a sail charter boat. And when I, when I say, you know, it's never been nicer in my lifetime than it is right now. When was the last time I get a lot of retirees. I said, when was the last time you had a smog alert? When was the last time I remember as a kid coming off the beach, as I'm sure Bernie Sanders does, we had a dish. I don't think Bernie uh, was ever on the beach. Well, he goes to that Martha's vineyard, I think, or something. He probably, he's a little pale, probably not on the beach. Yeah, I don't think so. But, but, but we used to come off the beach and we would have a dishpan at the back door 
a dishpan filled with kerosene to get the mm-hmm. damn tar balls off our feet. And you sound like someone from the Northeast, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking you're familiar with the term Coney Island yeah, whitefish. I'm from Philadelphia, but I'm quite familiar oh, with so Coney Island. So you went Island. to the Jersey Shore. Long Beach Island is where, where I grew up. We actually went to Atlantic City, Ventnor, Margate, over there. Worse. Yeah. Oh, oh so we you, loved you it. remember you remember when the hoteliers were throwing chlorine balls, pool ball, uh, pool chlorine into the ocean? So how dare you, sir? Well, no, I don't really remember that, but maybe that helped with the ocean. You never know. Well, well, well. I remember the they... guys carrying the freezers on their shoulder and selling, uh, you know, ice cream. That was fun. Oh yeah, well that, that was fun. Yeah. But I, I also I, remember body is... surfing. Did you ever? Oh, <laughs> body me. surfing was great. Yeah, get pounded. Oh yeah. We loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. You're the guy yeah, that was doing had, it. You had to move it. You had to move in 68-degree water. When we first started going to the shore, uh, I was living in Ohio. Well, listen oh, to me. I, I thank God for global warming because the water got warmer and warmer, and we could enjoy it even more. You know what? The seals are back in Long Island Sound. What the hell uh, for? Uh, for the for the Manhattan or something oh. that is back. Because the water quality has improved so much. And the liberals oh, are back, I'm, too, I think. Well, well, then they're going to wreck the water quality. Wasn't it Nixon that started the EPA and the uh, uh, Endangered Species Act? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How about that? And then the the Democrats corrupted the EPA by by forcing people out of business. Well, I got a buddy that'll buy your property for a dollar because it's so polluted. Otherwise, it's going to be a $2 million cleanup. Yes. Now, where are you calling from again? Lake Placid, Florida. It's on the ridge in Florida. It's in Highlands County. Where where are you from originally? Uh, well, the general northeast, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Oh, you lived in three states at once. You weren't on the run, were you? Uh, no, no, but, you know, kind of restless, I guess. So you're you're not near the southern tip of Florida, are you? We just moved from the west coast of Florida, yeah. from the uh, Sarasota area. Mm-hmm. And it is so much nicer here. It's a very conservative community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, All right, and- my friend. You are a terrific caller. I hope you'll call again. I really do. Frank, Clifton, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Yeah, hi, uh, Mark. It's a real honor to speak to you. Thank you. Uh, I'm a 9-11 first responder, police officer, paramedic. Are you the fellow who signed the books? I am, actually. You are? Yes, sir. That was very, very kind of you. My wife brought them to me. I want to thank you for those books. Oh, she was was, uh, truly uh, just a wonderful lady. She really is. I never had the privilege of meeting your father, even though I feel like I knew him from all the times you've spoken about him. And uh, my my whole intention was really just to bring you some comfort by, you know, giving you some presents and buying the books. And uh, we've already shared them with all our friends. But I wish, I really hope your audience is listening to this. It is truly a great book to give any child. It, all the kids that we gave it to have come with all kinds of questions and... They've really been tremendous in the response, and it's probably one of the best gifts we could have given. And I was trying to give something to you, and I think we got so much more out of it, I'll be honest. Well, I want to thank you, and thank you for your service. Thank all the uh, guys and gals as well. It's a beautiful book. It's on our coffee table, (coughs) where it's going to stay. Frank, and I hope to meet you one day. So you absolutely and, and listen. Your father's book is the best book, honestly, as a gift. Well, tell Barnes and Noble and the rest of them because apparently they don't like the title "Our Police." Yeah, I'm sure they don't. But uh, thank God for people like you and your dad. Uh, my prayers and thoughts are with you and uh, and your family, honestly. And God bless you, my friend. I appreciate it. Yep. Let's take one more. 
as we sail into the uh, whatever. Let's go here. Into the murky waters of global warming. Andrew, New York City, WABC, go. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You got new it. listener, new fan. Thank you. Recently purchased um, Rediscovering Americanism, and I Thank also, you. also sent one to a friend in I'll tell you Florida. what, we're going to take your phone number, because I didn't manage the clock properly. Richie V, take this gentleman's phone number, seriously, and I want to call him tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Show us a little staccato today, I understand. I'm duking it out with the flu, and hopefully tomorrow I'll be a little better. God bless you all, and as I say, see you tomorrow.